0: Welcome to the sermon podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Luke chapter 22 in the
1: book of Hebrews chapter 11. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours will be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him. And gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. He said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Hebrew eleven one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In the living of these words, we are made disciples of Christ. Glory be to God.
0: If you travel through almost any ancient Roman city, and Jerusalem was certainly such a town at the time of Christ, you'll find yourself walking along the Cardo. That's what they called it. The main north south road. To this day, you can walk, as some of us did just a couple months ago, along the cardo of ancient Jerusalem. It's called the cardo from the Greek word from which we get our word heart cardiology, cardiac, cardiologist. It was the heart of the city. Of course, bisecting the Cardo, would have been many roads taking travelers wherever they needed to be. Today, on our journey to Easter, we start a new series, Intersections. Few intersections are as critical to the heart of our lives as our encounter with suffering and our own mortality. How do we have faith? How do we have hope in the face of the fact that we will all one day experience our own finitude at the intersection of faith and hope how do we find life how do we find God's will and purpose for our lives this is what weighed heavily on the heart of Jesus that night in Gethsemane he could see that his decisions his faith and his trust in the one he called Abba, Father, Daddy, had brought him on a road to suffering and death. He who taught us a clear way was understandably seeking a different way. Suppose you made a list of what you fervently hope will never happen to you. Particular deaths, family failure, frustrated work, certain forms of pain what do you do with the knowledge that it could happen or with the knowledge that God who causes none of these may not prevent them and may lead you in other ways to destinations that you wouldn't choose in a way it's how life is for everyone who grows old when we were Young and strong, we go where we will. Then as we age, our capabilities weaken and others step in to lead us until death itself comes and carries us where we had thought not to go. But it's not just the years. It's the choices we make that narrow our freedoms. Early, don't we assume that we can be who we like? Marry whom we like, do the work we like, fashion ourselves as we like. But every decision narrows our way. The impulses we follow with glorious freedom in time harden into habits and we're not nearly so free. Patterns lock in and orbits are fixed. It's as if We start out in this broad valley and the higher up we go through the years, the narrower the way till all we have before us is a single path. In the end, we are led. At our blazing best, we do so in companionship with both faith and hope but it's even more than the years and choices no season of life is exempt from unwanted experience against our small freedoms viruses and cancer cells and strangers and loved ones and vast social systems have their stubborn freedoms too how many unforeseen currents and winds and detours and obstacles Providence and dumb luck will change our course for us. We hate this. We chafe beneath constraints. That night in the garden, Jesus was patently aware of the constraints and he bids us follow him here too. Listen closely to him and you will see there are two modes of following him, an active mode and a passive one, each requiring faith and hope. We, of course, dislike the word passive. To us, it means lifeless or lazy. But notice, the word passive is akin to the words passion and patience there is a proper passiveness to be learned. It means the maturity to receive what comes our way. It's how we respond to what life may do to us and to what God may ask of us. We're called to the passive way of discipleship whenever something happens that takes us where we don't want to go when we're sick when something or someone we love is taken from us when we are misunderstood or hated or when a task is set before us that we'd run from if we could but we can't and still be faithful this too is a freedom we open our arms we are led both kinds of freedom are embodied in Jesus both the active and the passive he surely lived by the stunning initiative in the active way traveling teaching touching confronting healing he was the master of his own verbs it's normal and if Jesus is to be followed Certainly in order for us to not want to die. I love how Woody Allen put it. It's not that I'm afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. But the worst, of course, isn't the fear. It's the grief. The devastation of loss we feel. Less for our own dying as for the dying of those whom we love aren't there days we've known in ourselves the rage expressed in the lines of Edna St. Vincent Millay I am not resigned to the shutting away of loving hearts in the hard ground so it is and so it will be for so it has been time out of mind into the darkness they go the wise and the lovely, crowned with lilies and with laurel they go, but I am not resigned. Lovers and thinkers into the earth with you, be one with the dull, indiscriminate dust, a fragment of what you felt, of what you knew, a formula, a phrase remains, but the best is lost. The answers, quick and keen, the honest look, the laughter, the love, they are gone. They have gone to feed the roses. Elegant and curled is the blossom. Fragrant is the blossom, I know. But I do not approve. More precious was the light in your eyes than in all the roses in the world down 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 into the darkness of the grave gently they go the beautiful the tender the kind quietly they go the intelligent the witty the brave I know but I do not approve and I am not resigned but what's true about dying can also be true about living we can be afraid and unresigned to live and resentful of what living demands of us we might be more willing to admit the dread of death but the dread of living is common enough it's common because to live is to be In relationship and relationships are hard they include conflict and risk and sometimes great cost I've tasted some dread of it have you but the fear of living touches on more than relationship it can also touch on the work that is ours to do living is vocation the exercise of our calling the pursuit of our unrepeatable purpose some of us have feared it because we feel it as risk it requires us to refuse other options we're not sure of ourselves we fear failure and what of the effort and the strain of it It, the testing of our strength some of us fear it the risking of ourselves into our truest work or even more critically the fear of living may be the fear of our own inner potential to become our truest selves not as others see us and not as we have seen ourselves but as God has made us to become to actively give ourselves to it seems frightening and costly so we face we dread facing the truth of our lives we fear critical thinking about our lives and facing the truth about ourselves we avoid silence we put off praying we fear doubting and we fear believing it's the double bind peculiar to our species to contemplate dying and feel afraid to contemplate living and feel afraid but the way forward for Jesus and for us comes when faith and hope come together in the intersection of what we most need to see about God. Jesus, on his cross, is the ultimate expression of what God is like. More than that, in the suffering and the breaking of Jesus, it was God who suffered and broke this may not be your faith but it is mine many people of course see Jesus of Nazareth as a, another visionary good man who unfortunately was crushed under the wheels of the empires power as all the good ones are and his followers made a nice religion of him many other people think of Jesus as God's son in a way that seems to infer some kind of relative of God, God's kid whom God sends to take our whipping God requires blood atonement and sends down his relative, his boy to bear the punishment for our sins while the real God whose holy face must turn away is satisfied by the bloodshed if you believe that I won't argue with you I just don't find it to be the most helpful way of understanding what I believe is that God was in Christ and that Jesus is God's son in the sense that he was the human face of God the one-of-a-kind embodiment of God. He is, I say, the heart, the cardio, the very heart of the divine in human flesh. He's the intersection where faith and hope find their fullest expression inasmuch as, the, as character can be read in a face His was covered in the sweat of struggle. And we can trace in his figures a terrible magnificence. Fearsome strength. Total candor. Kindling brilliance. Extravagant kindness. Great aching compassions. Beautiful anger. Fathomless joy. It's all written in that face and it's all dying horribly do not take his for a beautiful death the victim is beautiful the death is monstrous so when we gaze on that suffering dying figure on the cross what we are seeing is the uttermost self giving of God the only God the entirely beautiful holy life-giving God was in Christ absorbing all evil bearing all anguish receiving into the heart all the poison that sickens and kills creation was impaled upon it shattered by it and fell into the abyss of death in him is the intersection of faith and hope where both the active and the passive way meet where all the verbs go to others while he receives, absorbs, accepts bears what they lay on him and what God trusts him to carry and as we carry ourselves along the intersection of faith and hope, He is more than glad to bid us to look both ways.